1: Welcome into today's edition of the PHNX Back Show. My name is Jesse Friedman. Uh, back-to-back days of star-studded guests here on the podcast. Uh, Kevin Ginkle in studio yesterday. Today we were joined by the one and only Patrick Lyons. Patrick, how are you today?
0: Yeah, appreciate you. It's uh, look, Kevin Ginkle. He's a he's a setup man. In both the Diamondbacks bullpen, as well as on the PHNX Diamondbacks show, setting up for a, a great closeout to the week. I will make sure I lock it down for the uh, final three segments of the week, and we'll get a win. We'll get a win out of this.
1: There you go. You're you're expected to be the the Paul Seawalt, uh, if you will, of, of the podcast. Uh, welcome once again into the PHNX Diamondbacks show. We'd like to give a special shout-out to OG's brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays, of course. Happy Flavoring Friday to everyone here in the chat. Uh, OG's is not your average cannabis infused gummy. They absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to flavor and the effects of their gummies are a total slam dunk as well. Head on over to ogsbrands.com to see their full lineup and find out where you can purchase. Well, Patrick, welcome once again back to the podcast. Uh, this was basically the Patrick Lyons show uh, for a solid month there during during the Diamondbacks' postseason run. So good, good to have you back, sir. Uh, but today, our our primary topic is this guy who plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, who is being somewhat loosely linked to the Arizona Diamondbacks. I wouldn't say that uh, there's a whole lot of weight to these reports yet. Uh, Jeff Passan in his story today talked about the Rays being uh, open potentially to trading Randy Arozarena. It doesn't sound, seems like Tyler Glass now is pretty much going to get moved. I don't know if we really feel that way about Arena at this point, uh, but Gambo over Arizona Sports has talked about the Diamondbacks being interested. It certainly does make some sense given what the Diamondbacks needs are. Uh, first of all, Patrick, just like as an outsider, as like just like a baseball fan in general, what is Randy Rosarena? Like this guy has he's not just a good player. Like he has a brand that sort of goes with him as well.
0: He really does. He's he's been a, a player that's been exciting for the last couple years. And uh, as you see him every year in the postseason, obviously with the Tampa Bay Rays. So he's got that postseason credibility. We got to see it in the World Baseball Classic as well with Team Mexico. And he's got a swagger about him. And he he seems like he's been around for quite some time. And yet, one of the reasons why I think he becomes such an interesting trade chip for... The, the raise to, to trade right now at this point and for any team acquiring him is because he's got three more years left of club control. So right. uh, you look at, th- at that and you say, hey, this is definitely not any rental by any means. Uh, and because of his age of where he's at right now at, at 28, he'll be 29 uh, for, for much of next season. You might even be able to, to come together on some kind of extension and, and lock him up for uh, that fourth or fifth year, uh, potentially get you some uh, cost assurance a little bit on the books and for a team like the Diamondbacks, that might be a good fit, uh, considering that their their window of contention is is right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh you mentioned his postseason performance. That's certainly that's a very real thing. Uh Randy Rosarena, his career OPS in the playoffs is eleven oh four. Pretty Pretty decent. Uh, and his regular season numbers in 2023 were pretty decent as well. If we take a look at those, uh, a Reina hit 254 with a 364 on-base percentage. Drew a lot of walks this year, 80 walks at a career high in terms of walk rate, a 425 slugging percentage, 23 homers, 83 RBI. He was worth 3.3 wins above replacement, according to Fangraph's 3.5 over on Baseball Reference. Randy Rosarena is a is a really good player. Is he is he a superstar? Is he, you know, like a Corbin Carroll level outfielder? Uh probably not. I don't think the numbers uh support that, but he's a good player. And as you mentioned, him being 28 years old, the fact that he has three years of club control remaining, it, it certainly makes some sense as a guy that the Diamondbacks could target. Um, and this is sort of, I mean, it, it's not totally shocking that the Tampa Bay Rays would be interested in. in in moving him or at least willing to talk about moving him uh, he was a super two guy, so he's got four years of arbitration instead of three. He's projected to make nine million dollars this next season. That's just going to escalate over the next couple years. He might get close to 20 million dollars in his final year of arbitration, being a super two guy and, and putting up these kind of numbers. He's not necessarily super cheap, but I mean, you look at those numbers, Patrick, and you see a, a just a well-rounded, pretty solid player that would certainly fit in well in this Diamondbacks lineup.
0: Yeah, I agree with what you said about him not exactly being a superstar caliber player. Probably that tier, you know, just below that. You say, well, twenty homers, twenty RBI, but uh, excuse me, twenty stolen bases. Uh, But you look at his career high in in general. You say, twenty three home runs. Okay, that's that's not necessarily superstar caliber. And you you say, well, he does have the twenty plus stolen bases each and every year, but a lot of caught stealing. That's, that's the yes. other element to that is if you look, if, if you're not able to steal bases at a 75% clip or better, uh, and, and I don't know how much of that's actually going to change considering with, with the new rules that are in place, but that's typically been the, the, the. The rule, uh, 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 the the number of the seventy five percent is like that's that's the the thought is you need to be at, at least there or above. Then then you say, eh, you know, how, how good is he actually? And then you throw in this defense too, which is obviously such a huge component, uh, particularly in the NLS. I think probably one of the the hardest divisions to play in. We we know how big that outfield is in Arizona. Same can be true of of Colorado. We know the uh, the different textures that are out there at. At Oracle Park in San Francisco can definitely be a challenge. So, uh, I think the fact that he is slightly below average, to to maybe average at best defensively, you know, does give you some pause. And and coupled yeah. with the fact that you said he's going to become very expensive, you say, well, well, wait a minute. Let's let's really give this some consideration because if he's not going to come cheap and you're going to have to pay for him here in the next couple of years going forward, uh, and the defense might be below average. You know, is that actually a good fit? Could there be better moves for the Diamondbacks this offseason or even next?
1: Yeah. I'm glad you, you brought up the stolen base point as well. Uh, he does. Yeah. I think he's stolen over 20 bases the last three seasons, but not, not particularly efficient in that regard. He was 22 for 32 in stolen base attempts in 2023. That's success rate, just under 70% league average this year under the new rules was just over 80%. The diamondbacks as a team were at 86.5%. They were extremely efficient on the base paths. So uh, yeah, and this is as you as you pointed out, kind of a trend for Rosarena. He has uh, a success rate just under seventy percent over the last three seasons altogether. So. Uh, that's something the Diamondbacks seem to be pretty careful with. They definitely are not the kind of team that just wants you to, to run, run, run if you're going to get thrown out uh, too often. So uh, of course, the Diamondbacks do have Dave McKay, who is widely regarded as you know one of the best base running coaches in the sport. And it doesn't seem all that far-fetched that a Rosarena could come over, learn some things from him, and you know maybe become a little more efficient. And maybe there's a case to be made there as well defensively. The Diamondbacks have Uh, you know I think a well-regarded coaching staff when it comes to teaching defense in particular in the outfield we saw Lourdes Gurriel Jr. uh, have a pretty solid year defensively arguably should have been a gold glove finalist in left field and yeah I mean he wasn't necessarily viewed that way coming into Arizona I think he improved meaningfully once he got here so It does seem like even though those are clear weaknesses at this point or at least defense, as you said, maybe it's close to average, but it's not great. Those are things that the Diamondbacks on paper could be well equipped to try to, you know, try to help them out and try to help them improve uh, in those regards.
0: I could see that happening, too, because Rosarena is kind of a, of a late bloomer. I mean, look, he's he's a guy that the Cardinals pretty much cast off and, and didn't really see much value in him uh, by trading him to, to Tampa Bay, not getting back very much for him, coupled with the 2020 pandemic season. He didn't really have his first full year in the bigs until his age 26 season. So yeah. I think for a guy like him... Change of scenery, not because the scenery is so bad in Tampa, but just getting with a new coaching staff, working with a guy who's you know regarded as one of the best you know coaches around, and and Dave McKay, that could definitely take him to that next level. So I, I very much could see that still in that prime window, right? Uh, age twenty nine through thirty one is when you'd have him under club control. So I very much could see him. Uh, being able to get that unlocked with, with a team like Arizona, with that support group, and uh, alongside a guy who would uh, more than likely be his center fielder, that he knows a thing or two about playing uh, alongside.
1: Yes, he absolutely does. And we, in fact, have a picture of Randy Rosarena and Alec Thomas from their days back in the... World Baseball Classic. It seemed like they got along well. It seemed like they enjoyed uh, patrolling the outfield for Team Mexico together, so that there is there is a connection there. Um, as far as what it would take to get this deal done, which is really the, the million-dollar question here, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, as I said, are in an interesting position where I think they're probably going to trade Tyler Glass now, and I think they're open to trading a lot of different guys, in large part because their payroll is like actually kind of high going into 2024 at least by their standards their uh, estimated year end payroll is 125 million right around there according to cots which is not a kind of payroll that we normally see the tampa bay rays run uh so you know it sounds like there might be some ability to to you know move the payroll up a little bit but i'm not sure they're gonna they're they're comfortable keeping it that high um they've never had a year-end payroll uh, of a hun- even a hundred million. So 125 is, is sort of way higher than, than where they've been in years past. But as far as what they'd be looking for, uh, Wander Franco, uh, interesting situation right now, shortstop for the Rays Seems like something that they could be interested in, uh, starting pitching. They have a number of different injuries there. Right now, their starting rotation is not full at all uh, going into the 2024 season. Shane McClanahan, a couple of other guys dealing with, uh, with pretty significant uh, arm injuries that will keep them out for, for part of the 2024 season. So starting pitching is, is certainly a need that they have. If they are trading a Rosarena, uh, they might also trade manuel margot i imagine they'd be looking for some outfield depth um and i guess you know just general prospects that you know they might be interested in in taking that on as well so those are kind of what i think the rays might be might be looking for uh geraldo perdomo patrick is a name that comes to mind i don't think diamondbacks would like dealing Geraldo perdomo and i can certainly understand why but someone who could sort of make sense for the rays on their side of things and someone who, from a value standpoint, roughly similar to a there's there's more control there. It's more affordable. I don't think Perdomo is quite the player that a Arena is. Uh, so, you know, I think one one possibility here is to try to build a deal around him. When I sat down to concoct uh, a trade for Randy or Rosarena,
0: my eyes did settle on Geraldo Perdomo as being that that top trade piece for the Diamondbacks, obviously, with Jordan Lawler coming up through the system, being there, and just the the, club, the, the amount of club control uh, still remaining on uh, for Perdomo is obviously something that's going to be uh, a positive for for the Rays, as you point out, with the the payroll being so high for Tampa. Again, you they trade. Uh, Tyler Glass. Now that's twenty five million dollars off the books right there. So that does definitely bring the number down. But yes. there's not fat. Like that's the other piece too for smaller market teams like the Diamondbacks. They really need to look at other teams' rosters and say, hey, who do you want to get rid of? That you're just looking to save some money because we might be able to utilize that guy and you know we'll take him off your hands if you want to pay down his contract. Rays unfortunately don't really have that. That being said, you know you have a guy. Uh, potentially making about $4.4 million in arbitration this year in Harold Ramirez. And you say, okay, maybe that's your fourth outfielder. Um, there there could be those guys that the Rays say, hey, can you take him off our hands? And we're really not going to charge you full price for him. So yeah. uh, there really could be a, a multiplayer deal lurking uh, if you do engage in those conversations with the Rays. But you're right. I think it does have to start with a, a Geraldo Perdomo. And it, you know, it becomes uh, similar to that you know Zach Allen for Jazz Chisholm deal. Obviously, those players weren't as established, but it was very much hey your guy for my guy. Let's yeah. see who wins. Maybe it can just be a win-win, similar to uh, what the Diamondbacks uh, you know you know did around this time last year in the uh, Gabriel Moreno, Lourdes Gurriel for for Dalton Varsho trade. And so the Diamondbacks are willing to deal. Big league talent. Uh, The Rays, we know, do that just about uh, every single offseason at the trade deadline uh, when they need to. So uh, I I think Perdomo or Rosarena starts a conversation off uh, in in a a big way.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's not Geraldo Perdomo, then, you know, you kind of try to think about, you know, who else could be the centerpiece of a deal like this. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to trade Brandon Fott. I feel like that's just pretty much completely out of the realm of possibility. Don't even really have to talk about that. Um, but I guess you you look at the farm system, you look at a guy like Drew Jones, you look at uh, Tommy Troy, the Diamondbacks' first-round pick from this last year. I don't think there's any, any chance the Diamondbacks would trade Jordan Lawler uh, in this deal. Um, I just don't see that happening, so I'm, I'm not going to go there. But, yeah, it's hard to know, you know, how do the Rays feel about Tommy Troy? How do the Rays feel about Drew Jones, a guy who's... You know, certainly a, a big name, and uh, still has a very high ceiling, but didn't look all that great uh, in his in his first pass through through pro ball this past season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, would would the Rays be interested in something like that? I'm I'm not totally sure at this point. I mean, maybe you could
0: even float a guy like Jake McCarthy out there. Where again, if you're yeah. if you're acquiring a Rosarena, he's you know going to be in left, Thomas in center, Corbin Carroll in right, boom, you're you're pretty much locked up right there going forward. So you. McCarthy again becomes expendable, and, and if you go ahead and eat a, a Harold Ramirez's contract, who again nice number a number four outfielder, but you don't need McCarthy quite as much, and that could you know quite possibly sweeten a deal. I'm kind of curious, and, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later on in the show, but you know I'm wondering how much if a Rosa Rosarena is you know truly on on the market, and and we know the Rays are at least listening, as as all teams should on pretty yeah. much every player. But how much does the Juan Soto trade market impact a Rosarena where those teams that may miss out on a Juan Soto now start calling down to Tampa and saying, hey, you know we're we're ready to engage with you right now. So it 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 may be a it may be a long game here. It could be a long process and to waiting to see what happens with Juan Soto's market. Really, almost waiting to see what happens with Shohei Ohtani, because then once he goes, now some of the bigger pieces can fall. Cody Bellinger is going to go to the runner ups in the Ohtani sweepstakes and whatnot. So any trade for a Rosarena, I very much could see something that takes a couple weeks to come to fruition once some of the other dominoes fall first.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I mean, for the D backs, they're also very much in the market for a starting pitcher. I mean, I think that's the that's really the number one priority at this point. So you wouldn't want a Randy or Rosarena trade to make it so that you no longer have the resources needed to to go and satisfy really an even bigger need at starting pitcher. And As far as that's concerned, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that would look like. I mean, a Arena is set to make $9 million roughly in arbitration next season. Uh, We've heard uh, from Nick Picoro earlier this week over the Arizona Republic that the D-backs have maybe around $20 million left to spend this winter. If that's the case, then, I mean, you're basically spending half of your money uh, that you have this winter on a Reina plus the trade assets required to get him which I don't think would be a minor cost so the the cost here is pretty high uh, for the D-backs it's it's not just that you're trading away you know prospects or potentially a young player like Geraldo Perdomo so you're also like allocating not a big portion of your payroll but like a, a big enough portion of your payroll to maybe affect some of the other things that you're looking for
0: yeah. You have to be a little bit careful, but at the same time, you, you don't want to be looking back and say, man, they went to the World Series in 2023. There was an opportunity to do something in 2024 and it kind of never came to fruition. And you go back and look and say, man, there was like this lost generation. So despite the fact that the window is open, you know, there, there could be a thing as being too cautious. So if the deal is right, you know, you, you have to kind of make a move uh, like this, you know, with with the 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 budget being as such, where you can really only add twenty million dollars, it would be curious to see if if again, you you never know the the rays are. are are peculiar and, and particular in the sense they that are. if they like the guy, <laughs> they'll, they'll go ahead and fleece a team and 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 win a trade in a major way. And so if there's somebody that's on the Diamondbacks roster, if, let's say Geraldo Perdomo is that guy for them, and they're saying, man, we really value this guy in a major way, especially because we've got a bit of a gap right now at shortstop with the whole Wander Franco situation kind of up in the air and, and really not up in the air. It seems like this guy's done forever. But if they're really valuing him, it would be interesting to see how much more they would need to possibly include someone like Tyler Glassnow. Now, now Glasnow yeah. is probably going to get <laughs> there more. You, go. <laughs> you, you think Glass now is probably going to get more than a Rosarena, but a Rosarena, again, he's got three more years of, of control, whereas Glass now doesn't. And he's going to end up going to free agency. So it's sort of it's an interesting dichotomy here to where you'd be adding closer to $35 million, which is way over your $20 million budget. But if, it, if the cost is right, you know, the Diamondbacks might be able to make it work and say, hey, let's kind of go after it a little bit earlier here in 2024. We, I really thought that maybe 2025 would be when you start to see them, you know, making a little bit, you know, more of those aggressive moves, uh, yeah. bigger free agent decisions. But keep in mind, and, and I know you guys talk about this plenty, all these all these young dudes, fought. I mean, Perdomo as, as well, Alec Thomas, Gabby Moreno, they're going to get a lot more expensive going forward. So right now is actually that time where you can load up that roster and say, look at all the players that we have at the exact same time right here impacting the roster 162 games over the course of the season at Chase Field. You can really only do that right now because in two, three years, once all those young guys go into the arbitration process, now all of a sudden you need the next group of young guys to make an impact in order for the books to get balanced. So it's still very unlikely that they would be as aggressive as that, but look, could is there potential for that? <laughs> I I think maybe there's a world out there that exists where the Diamondbacks can acquire <laughs> both Tyler Glass now and Randy Arozarena.
1: You heard it here first, folks. Patrick Lyons reporting that the Arizona Diamondbacks are trading for both Tyler Glass now and Randy Arozarena. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, I think what you're saying though about this need to go for it right now. I think is a it's a very good point i i very much feel the same way about this baseball team you know not only is it that those guys are going to get more expensive but is zach Gallon still here in three years is merrill kelly still here in three years christian walker is a free agent after the 2024 season you really are in a window right now coming off of that World Series run to try to push in the chips and and get back there, right? Try to go as far as you can right now. Uh, I know some people have been a little disappointed with, you know, the $20 million figure, which, of course, is not gospel. We don't, we don't know for sure. We have seen Ken Kendrick maybe stretch things a little bit. If, you know, if the situation was right, we saw the D-backs give over $200 million to Zach Greinke. There have been, you know, little things like that here and there over the years. But yeah, I mean, this is the Diamondbacks are in position right now. I agree to be as aggressive as they reasonably can at this point and going out and getting a Randy Rosarena would be that move and or at least one of the ways that they could do that. And Randy Rosarena, I mean, I kind of touched on this earlier. It's not just the player. It's it's like it's the vibes, right? I mean, Randy Rosarena just comes with he's just a fun personality that I think I think like he is just universally loved, I think, by pretty much everyone across baseball is just, you know, a big personality, someone who's fun and easy to root for. And I mean, the D-backs are already viewed as being a pretty fun team. Uh, Patrick, I know you've you watched a lot of Diamondbacks baseball and, and, you know, some of those high those high moments and what that looked like in the playoffs. Randy Rosarena on the Diamondbacks would make them an even more fun team than than they already are.
0: I already have a vision in my head of the shirt that's going to drop in the PHNX locker. It's just going to say <laughs> the desert rose, like that right there is going to move a lot of units. The desert rose, Randy Rosarena. I mean, that's perfect. That That's it right there. Yeah. He fits in with this clubhouse, I think in a, in a big way. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know, you, you might have to make that work and that $20 million figure too, y- y- Eugenio Suarez, you know, you just got him for that. That's about half your money right there, potentially. So, if if you are able to go all in and get a Rosarena, maybe they can throw in, you know, uh, somebody on the back end like a, a a reliever because they grow on trees down in St. Petersburg. So there's no <laughs> issue with that. They could they could sweeten the deal. And I and I think the Diamondbacks would definitely be starting off the off season. Even if they did little little else after that, they will uh, definitely have have won the offseason so far in the NL West.
1: Yeah, there is some trade history between the Diamondbacks and the Rays. Um, It's not quite to the not quite to the extent of the Diamondbacks and the Mariners who have made uh, at this point three trades like in the last calendar year, which is pretty funny. Um, But yeah, I mean, the D-backs traded pretty minor move. D-backs traded David Peralta uh, to Tampa Bay um, at the trade deadline in 2022. Uh, The D-backs got Jordan Luplo from the Rays in the 2021 offseason leading into the 2022 season. Uh, and there was a pretty big trade uh, back leading into the 2018 season. Steven Souza Jr. coming over to the D-backs, Brandon Drury, a uh, big three-way deal there involving the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, there is some trade history here between these two teams. And, um, I mean, seems like, I, I guess the, the big takeaway is, like, the cost is pretty big. Like, you are probably going to pay a Randy arena almost 20 million in his last year of arbitration, which I'm sure is, is a factor here for the D backs. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're able to find a way to, to make it work and, I know trading Geraldo Perdomo, if that's what it took, you'd have to find a way to replace him, most likely. I don't know if the D backs would want to go into opening day with Jordan Lawler like having to be the opening day shortstop. There would, there would need to be another solution there as well. Um, so it's complicated. It I think it's I think it's difficult on paper. It's a bit of a stretch for the D backs, but I wouldn't rule it out entirely. If there's a way to, as you said, maybe the Rays throw in some other pieces to help the D backs in other areas, that would certainly make this deal more popular. Possible, uh, but it's certainly something that we'll be monitoring here moving forward. Um, in the meantime, you all should become PHNX diehard if you have not already. Uh, it is one of the one of the greatest things in, in Valley sports. At least we uh, we like to view it that way. Uh, you get twenty percent off of everything at the PHNX locker, as well as off all of our events uh here at phnx all the takeovers during the season all of that stuff you also get all of the writing over on our website we have plenty of stuff available for free uh, but we do put uh our best stuff uh behind the paywall from time to time i have uh a uh, written mailbag story coming out later today uh, that is for diehards only you can ask me questions directly um, and it's a little different than mailbag monday it gives me a little bit more time to, to research and, and really think and um, you know check with people and whatnot on different things so uh, that's something I, I do every month here that's for diehards only so uh, if you haven't become a diehard already be sure to go over to gophnx.com. And do that as soon as possible. Um, I love bread, Patrick. I don't know about you. Um, And one of the the best uh, ways to get your bread is from our friends over at Hero Bread. Hero makes sliced breads, buns, and tortillas that are available on hero.co and on Amazon as well. What makes them better than any other competitor you've used before? Um, well, it's that it's fantastic. And the fact is that hero bread is like actually somewhat good for you, uh, which I know I, I have a problem, Patrick, where sometimes I eat a lot of like white bread, which I know is not good for me. Um, but hero bread is loaded uh, with high fiber, uh, ultra low net carbs and zero grams per sugar as well. Uh, so it's actually Actually, good for you, which is one of our favorite things, and it's delicious as well. Uh, right now, Hero Bread is offering listeners 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use code PHNX to save on Hero Bread today. That's H E R O.co to save 10% off. And uh, when you're purchasing your bread, you should also uh, go over to the BetMGM Sportsbook app and uh, place a couple of bets over there. Uh, You can place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. You'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Uh, It's a pretty, pretty fantastic deal. Just go over, download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android, or visit BetMGM.com and sign up with code PHNX. Uh, You can sign up up and deposit at least ten dollars into your newly created account place a wager in the amount of at least ten dollars at standard odds price and then once you have placed a qualifying bet you'll receive two hundred dollars in bonus bets uh, regardless of the outcome of your wager Uh, so sign up for bet mgm use bonus code phnx Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the mobile application of at least $10. Once again, you'll receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text hope ny 467 new york Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. one 800 270 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing, Casino, and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. ontario Ontario. there we go we're almost there's a little delay it's just a little delay otherwise we would have been we would have been perfectly in sync uh yes elizabeth bread and betting to win more bread breaking bread while betting fantastic it's just i mean what else what else would you want to do on a friday afternoon Uh, i believe we got a super chat earlier uh that i missed want to touch on that real quick corbin barrels on the randy rosarena talk says the answer is yes whatever it takes and I think a lot of fans feel that way. Like I think fans are probably willing to stretch more for Randy Rosarena than they are for maybe some other players, just because Randy Orozarena is Randy Rosarena. Again, it's it's about the vibes. It's not just about the player, uh, as I said earlier. Uh, but speaking about the vibes, speaking of the vibes, Patrick, uh, the vibes around Shohei Otani are uh, very mysterious, uh, and. Would we really have expected it to go any other way at this point, right? Uh, we heard earlier, I think it was uh, Jeff Passan who reported at one point that teams who uh, leaked any information were having that held against them in contract negotiations with Otani. Uh, Otani, in general, is just sort of a mysterious fellow who doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily, you know, say a whole lot to the media. There isn't usually a whole lot of information uh, out there, but. We did actually get some information today in Jeff Passan's story over at ESPN. He reported that the Texas Rangers, Boston Red Sox, and New York Mets have moved on from the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Um, and the teams that are still in the bidding include the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Angels, and the Toronto Blue Jays. He also mentioned the San Francisco Giants. is a team that is known or has had interest. They sort of uh, think that there might be interest there, although it's not totally clear exactly where they where they stand at this point i've been wanting to talk about otani for a while not necessarily from a diamondback standpoint because let's face it if the d-backs have 20 million to spend this winter you're probably going to come a little bit short in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Uh, I, I don't really see if I don't really think that's going to happen. But Otani is right. I mean, uh, arguably the the most talented player that this sport has ever seen. Uh, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the longevity in his career at at this stage, but. I mean, in terms of pure talent and just ability of what he can do on the baseball field, it's it's truly unprecedented. And because of that, he's one of the most intriguing free agents that we've ever had in this sport. Patrick, what are like just what are what are your thoughts on kind of the early uh, takeaways here from Shohei Otani and and you know this news that we got today from Jeff Passan and where his market stands? I'm a little disappointed this
0: hasn't become more of a circus than yeah. It it typically is when you have a mega free agent like this, you know, we can all recall last year, Aaron Judge, you know, being in some hotel in San Francisco, and that news leaking out, and of course, you know, how much is that obviously orchestrated by his agency to, to squeeze a little more money out of the Yankees? Yeah, that worked, but that <laughs> that's also fun. Like that's fun, a part of the part of the the business of this game, the entertainment factor. So that's yeah. been my only disappointment. But yeah, teams have definitely been on the hush hush, and and such to the point where reporters are on the hush hush in fact you you haven't even reported the the lunch that you had with him and mike hazen (laughs) last week right have you talked about that on the show yet
1: Patrick, we're not supposed to say that. We just, we just Patrick, you just single handedly took the Diamondbacks out of the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Look at what you've done.
0: <laughs> oh well, I guess I'll have to come and play for the Colorado Rockies then. No, I, it's been it's been really interesting. I, I think originally they had wanted to get the deal done before the winter meetings. Now they're hoping, you know, possibly it'll get finalized before the end uh, of the winter meetings next week. So we still have a few days to go with this. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe drags on even longer potentially because we've already kind of i think we're going to miss the first deadline that was set uh because again I, I don't know how you have these kind of secret clandestine meetings with one of the biggest superstar athletes in in all of the world uh, how, how do you make that happen are they just doing zoom phone calls i mean don't you want to show yeah. off your city the best of it and all those things and again you know one of the things that that's on his list of of demands, if you will, is, you know, he would like to play with another Japanese player. And if you look at the list of teams that are are still reportedly in the hunt, I mean, it's really just the Blue Jays and the Cubs. Blue Jays have Yusei Kikuchi and the Cubs have an Seiya Suzuki. That being said, I said this yesterday with my buddy, Kevin Henry on the DNVR Rockies podcast, I sort of thought a, a strange dark horse only because they continue to lose out Uh, The last few off seasons, it seems like that the Giants will not only sign Otani, they don't have any Japanese players yet, but they could also sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Now that would be (laughs) huge. Now now we're talking, you know, 700 plus million dollars to sign those two guys, which seems absolutely unheard of until you realize, hey, well, two years ago, the Texas Rangers spent half a billion dollars for their double play duo. So, you know, to to fortify a starting rotation that the Giants, you know, desperately need right now, you definitely would be doing that if you signed both Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We know Japanese players will flourish in the Bay Area. And there you go. Otani's got his buddy from Japan right there on the same roster.
1: So we've got these teams that are still still in the mix, right? I don't know if I I don't know if I fully believe that it is going to be one of these teams. It still feels like, may, you know, maybe things could change. Maybe there are other teams that are that are in the mix here. But you certainly, when Jeff Passon reports things, it to tend to be true more often than not. So if it is Patrick, if it is in fact the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Angels, the Blue Jays, we'll throw the Giants in there. Maybe maybe they are in the bidding as well. You've got to make your prediction today. Where is Shohei Otani going?
0: I think he's, I think he will go to the Giants. I do. I think he will go to the Giants. It seems like in the last year plus, the Dodgers are the obvious choice, except over the years, man, all those players that are obvious, uh, you know, choices or their destination seems so very clear. It doesn't happen, you know. Bryce Harper, you're like, well, we know he's going to the Yankees. That didn't happen, right? In fact, they, they, uh, I'm not gonna say they shot themselves in the foot, but they're like, we're we're gonna get Giancarlo Stanton right now. We're not even gonna wait for Harper to become a free agent. So, you know, the Dodgers seem like that the odds-on favorite to to get that done. But with their financial issues that they're having, and you know, trying to stay underneath the the soft cap that's there, uh, I could see them going and, and and getting multiple players. For the same price that you would pay just for one shohei ohtani that's that's kind of why i think the the giants have you know the most room um as far as their payroll is concerned to to fit in an ohtani the the blue jays okay that that fits but you've got bo and vlad guerrero jr for only two more years so yeah. all right i mean you, you're gonna have otani beyond that and that's great and all but if otani wants to win a championship He's only have two bites at the apple the next two years with Toronto. I think Chicago gives him an opportunity to win a lot longer. Their rotation uh, is is fairly young, with you know led by Justin Steele. You have Javier Assad and Jordan Wicks, uh, just coming up this past year. So they have a young roster. I mean, the Dodgers do have a young rotation, very unproven. So I think all of those are good destinations for him. But I just sort of think that the Giants make sense based on the fact that they are they are desperate enough to pay the top dollar it is a great location for him uh to fit in it keeps him you know very much on the west coast and the giants very easily if 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 yoshinobu yamamoto does become a guy that gets 200 million dollars or close to that uh, as a starting pitcher uh you could go maybe a more cheaper route in a shoto Iminaga and uh Uh, Niyoti Uasawa, I want to say is his name, former teammate of his uh, in the Nippon Ham Fighters back in 2017. So he's a guy that's just been posted, uh, who had arguably better pitching numbers uh, than Otani when they played together in 2017. So you know there are are some options where you can have, I'm not going to say two for the price of one, because that one is very expensive in Shohei Otani. But if you don't have a Japanese Mm -hmm. player right now, and that's super important for Otani uh, to be alongside, there are several that are available right now in free agency.
1: The Giants are just such a such a broken brand right now. They're they're like a kind of broken team. They they're not terrible, right? I mean, they were they were respectable this last year, but just from a brand standpoint, like it's been kind of a long time since Giants fans have really had a star player to rally around. And, I mean, they've gotten so close, right? At least we think, to landing a number of big star-level players over the last few years. Of course, there was the arson judge situation last year. There was the Carlos Correa situation as well. Uh, you know, I think they were in on Bryce Harper to some extent. Pretty much all these big superstar players, the Giants, have have tried and they've just failed time and time again. But yeah, I mean, this does make some sense with, you know, the Giants are on the West Coast. If that's something that's important to Otani, that certainly uh, would make sense. And, you know, I don't think D-backs fans would be too happy with, uh, with Shohei Otani in, in San Francisco, but they'd be a whole lot happier than with Shohei Otani in Los Angeles. Uh, that that I think, I think everyone could probably agree on that. Um, I'm with you where that almost feels like too easy, uh, him going to the Dodgers. It's like... No, like that's that's too obvious. Like Shohei Otani is so much more mysterious and interesting to just like sign with the team that everyone's sort of been suspecting for months at this point. Um, If I have to make a prediction today, I think the Giants is a good one. I'd be pretty tempted to just say that as well. I'll throw the Cubs out there. Uh, as a team that you know, I think I think this I think this could happen for them. It seems like they've been very much uh, you know in the mix, trying to make this happen from the beginning. Another team that you know could use a star level player to to really build around and build a brand around. Uh, Cubs baseball hasn't really been hasn't necessarily lived up to you know what what I know fans out there uh, would really hope for. Ever since the 2016 World Series run, Otani would very much. Uh, you know, repair, whatever has gone, whatever's gone wrong with the Cubs brand here over the last few years. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's just so much mystery when it's all said and done uh, with Otani and it's going to be fascinating. If he signs at the winter meetings, Patrick, it's going to be mayhem. Like I'm just picturing like reporters like running around uh, the the like press work area and things just being utterly chaotic. Um, but uh, if I had to ask you a slightly different question, instead of where do you think Otani will go, from just like a like a storyline perspective, if you could just send him anywhere, where would you want Otani to go? Not from, I mean, I know we don't have like a rooting interest in this, but it would just be like fun. Like, yeah, put Otani on that team. It's going to be like, that's going to be fun. The Savannah Bananas.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you <laughs> didn't specify Major League Baseball. I'm going to say Savannah Fair Bananas. Enough. No, Fair enough. That, no, yeah, that would be, that's curious. Yeah, if you're just straight up fantasy booking you know where where he goes for for a good story i, I you know in talking about the dodgers and like oh it doesn't seem like it it, it should happen because that's the obvious choice i i think it it won't happen in in la for the dodgers because everything we know about otani says like he's just this angel i i, I wonder if that like weighs on him at all like i got to do everything right you know also it becomes easier to do everything right when you just do everything right and you're just if you are yeah. really that pure right and so i am curious how much he would he would think to himself you know if i go to the dodgers that's hmm am I, am I stabbing angels fans in the back like that could be really painful maybe i shouldn't maybe that's the one place that i that i don't go um yeah no i i would like to see him in a, in a way in, in san francisco selfishly i know a lot of diamondbacks fans on paper you'd say oh you don't want the giants to start to get you know really good again and have a superstar player on the roster on the other hand you would see him twice a year Ken Kendrick. Now, all of a sudden, does he have an extra five million dollars in the <laughs> hopper because of the additional revenue that comes in from a packed house of people descending upon Phoenix like they were for the entire month of October in the postseason? Now, maybe that changes your financials in a big way if he can, you know, come to the NL West. So, you know, fantasy booking wise, I I, I kind of would like to also see him in san francisco i think that would be a good fit for the giants uh and and a good fit for major league baseball as well
1: i just don't know if he goes to san francisco like are the giants a good baseball team i still think they're kind of they're kind of meh right i mean they'd be they'd, they'd maybe be like on the out like the fringes of the playoff picture i can maybe predict them to you know at least nab a wild card spot if they had otani i don't think they're i don't think they're up there with the dodgers right i mean if you add otani to the giants roster the Dodgers are still probably far and away projected to win the NL West.
0: Let's let's take the the A's, Royals, and Rockies out of the conversation—the three worst teams this past year. But you put them on a roster like the Pirates. You're not saying all of a sudden, oh my gosh, these they're they're going to have a deep run in the postseason. Yeah. but they do become a contender, especially given that division and just everyone on the roster. Fair. All of a sudden, looks a little bit different. Um, you know, Otani came into the Angels. That wasn't his team. That wasn't his organization, right? It was Mike Trout's team, and so you know he's kind of learning the ways of of MLB and and America and whatnot. And now where he goes you know, for, for his next team, assuming he doesn't go back to Anaheim to, to be with the angels. Now, all of a sudden things start to change. And do we see him in that leadership role of, of players, maybe following him a little bit more. And now he's the guy and it's not Mike trout. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's Anthony Rendon kind of in the picture as well. It becomes Shohei Otani's team. And immediately everybody becomes a little bit better so he's he's worth yeah. a lot more than just himself and so i think he's going to bring that to his next team We know the angels are one of those clubs and you say hey the angels are going to angel right they can't almost like they can't get out of their own way they can't figure it out i think otani with just about any other team in baseball it gives that club a little bit of extra oomph, a little bit extra moxie and and maybe pushes them uh, over the hill and and builds a little bit more momentum uh, than what we've seen in Anaheim with Otani, Rendon, and Mike Trout together.
1: It's certainly yeah. I mean, he's he's worth more than just Otani, the baseball player. There's just such a brand building component to this. There's tons of money from like Japanese advertisers that you'd probably expect. So you know, part of that contract is is certainly going to pay for itself. Uh, I think Jeff Passan wrote today that north of 500 million seems to be foregone conclusion at this point. Five fifty, I think you mentioned is, um, you know, maybe something like like what it would take. We'll see what happens there. Some people mentioned the Mariners as a team. Uh, it'd be fun to to see them land there. I, I I could totally see that. That's maybe that's that's probably the first team that comes to mind for me. Is like, yes, the storyline here would be great. It's a really hungry fan base. It's a faithful fan base that you know I, I think has had a hard time with some of the words that have come out of uh, certain front office executives' mouths over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jerry, yeah. I wasn't gonna say his name, just but uh, yeah, yeah. Jerry DeVoto. Um, and yeah, I mean, just what he would mean to that city, and you know, the Shohei Otani brand, I think would would really thrive in. Seattle. I mean, it would thrive anywhere, but I think it would really thrive in Seattle. Um, the Diamondbacks, uh, bees is right. Uh, the Diamondback Scott Shohei. I mean, yeah, that, that would be from a story perspective, that would be incredible. And I do want to point out that not that long ago, there was. An actual report about Shohei Ohtani coming to the Diamondbacks. No, this was not two weeks ago. This was in July uh, at the trade deadline when John Morosi posted this tweet. He said, Orioles D-backs among teams inquiring with the Angels about Shohei Ohtani's trade availability. Both clubs' interest has been described as due diligence. Both teams have the young talent base conducive to making a trade. This was sort of fun for us on the show at the time because it gave us like, oh my gosh, we can at least talk about this and have it not be a totally pie-in-the-sky kind of theory. Certainly didn't expect it to happen then. But in retrospect, Patrick, I mean, you were here for the D-backs postseason run. If the Diamondbacks had traded even something outrageous for Shohei Otani, and granted, he wasn't he wasn't going to pitch with how things turned out. It wasn't the case at that time, but you know, he has this injury and, and I guess he would not have been able to pitch for the Diamondbacks down the stretch. But even if you put Shohei Otani in the middle of this lineup in the postseason, did the Diamondbacks win the World Series and like not regret whatever they had to give up to get him? I, I think it's a pretty reasonable conversation.
0: No. My hot take, Diamondbacks don't make the playoffs with Shohei Otani last year. <laughs> Honestly, that... How? <laughs> a trade like that is going to be very distracting and if we know one thing about the diamondbacks run Torrey lovello despite all the distractions of being in the postseason he was the mastermind he was able to navigate the ship of all these young guys keep them within themselves not trying to do too much and you bring the circus that shohei otani is going to bring with him and i don't say that in any disparaging way just It would be absolute madness. It would have taken a while to kind of calm some things down. And then by that point, maybe you don't even get into the postseason. So, if you're just adding a guy in, <laughs> in October, if you can make trades then and just put him in the middle of your lineup, sure, great. But if we're talking about those final two months of the season, we know they they barely got in in the first place. I, I would actually argue that with, with how it played out, how it played out in Tori Lovello, keeping things, keeping it into this community, this dangerous family, this connected team. It's going to be hard to, to be connected to a guy who's this superstar that you know is going to go out in free agency. You're probably not going to assign and, and stick around. I would argue that it would have been too much of a distraction for the Diamondbacks, knowing what we know and, and how it all ended up playing out. What an insane take. <laughs> What's
1: up, David? All our, of our all of the goodwill that you've built with fans <laughs> of the phnx d-backs podcast patrick out the window all of it out the window just now uh <laughs> i mean i guess you don't know unless it actually happens uh i i'm find myself a little bit skeptical that adding Shohei otani makes the diamondbacks worse uh which which is not exactly what you're saying but it's like sort of what you're saying um so yeah uh, it, inter- interesting take there but i did want to point out that uh yeah, not that long ago we were talking about this being a potentially real thing. Uh, but yeah, any hopes of the Diamondbacks being involved in this conversation? Unfortunately, I, I don't think there's anything, any substance to that whatsoever. There's just not going to be enough resources there. Here, uh, here's here's my question to you: If the yeah. Diamondbacks have twenty million dollars to spend, how much of a
0: season does that get you from Shohei Otani? Two months? April and May would you would you pay 20 million dollars to say all right Otani is going to be on the team until May 31st
1: can you do that yeah yeah, can the D-backs just be like all right we're going to sign Shohei Otani to a two-month 25 million dollar (laughs) contract yeah there we go there you go
0: I mean that's the equivalent, right? Because obviously you've got to, you know, if you're if you're paying five hundred yeah, plus you, million if you pro-rate dollars, you it. Yeah, you're saving money annually. So if you're going, what's the <laughs> short? What's how much do we have to pay for just two months? We're trying <laughs> to pack the ballpark in April and May. Yeah, twenty five million dollars.
1: Yeah, we'll have He's to not- get the we'll have to get Otani's agent in on this. The best way to capitalize on Otani's value is you know don't sign a long-term deal don't sign like a several year deal with some opt-outs or whatever kind of nonsense just go month to month what will you pay for otani in april all right so this team's in for this much all right now we're gonna sell may what are we what are people willing to offer for may don't. i don't think it's exactly how it works but yeah i mean it'd be interesting
0: Yeah. All of a sudden that $299 package for season tickets becomes (laughs) $2,000. Hey, no, we can afford them now. Like, uh, okay.
1: Well, uh, based on being able to afford things, um, we have, uh, we, we love our friends over at Arizona lottery and we get to do three of these every week, uh, these little scratchers. And so I get to do one today. I'm about to win some money, Patrick. I can just feel it. Uh, so you can, you can maybe, uh, entertain the people or I can just sort of talk as I'm scratching this and trying to figure out if I actually want anything. We'll um, split. we'll see what split happens. Whatever
0: you get. Obviously I'm bringing you uh, a lot of luck. St. Patrick, if I'm closing this out, like St. Paul, as we know, the patron saying of the ninth inning, uh, you know, as, as he was throughout the entire postseason. anything you win, I do expect to get a little bit of cut bringing, bringing my Irish good luck to the table here.
1: Well, things aren't looking so good right now. I'm not going to lie. All right. So I'm looking. Is there any chance that you could win enough on the scratch off that you single handedly could afford Shohei Otani? What's the highest it goes, Damon? 500k yeah i'm on on these particular scratchers i'm not so sure that okay we're gonna go uh, all right maybe not these ones the bigger ones right the bigger ones that we do from time to we time we change a perfect pay jesse's salary yeah i guess that's yeah and unfortunately uh a billion dollar five hundred billion dollars i don't know if that's quite on the table um but it looks like i swung and missed here patrick yeah so do you
0: get a week of shohei otani for five hundred thousand dollars no, I don't think that math works out. I think no. he just is in your lineup for opening day. Half a million dollars <laughs> on opening day with the no, Arizona I, I think
1: it's I think it's like the first four innings of opening day, and then he's gotta go. That's all that's all you could that's all you could pay for the five hundred thousand.
0: Who says no? Who says no to that deal?
1: <laughs> um anyway, we love our friends the Arizona lottery. We did win some money earlier this week uh with our lovely holiday scratchers, and it is a fantastic way uh you're looking for stocking stuffers this time of year some of you get ahead on these things i as is well documented on this show do not love to wait to the last minute probably pick up some of these arizona lottery scratchers because they are phenomenal and a great easy thing to buy That could turn into up to $500,000, depending on which one you get. Uh, So go out and buy your Holiday Scratchers today. One of the best gifts that you can get for people in your life. Um, And, you know, with whatever money you do wind up getting, you can go over to our friends at Game Time. And it's not only sporting events, it's also concerts, whatever Shenanigans, whatever kind of events in town you're looking to attend. uh, Game time is the the best, the best ticketing app. Uh, There's a very personal experience. It's the most aesthetically pleasing uh, ticketing app out there, which we've we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, And it is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so patrick we've got this thing called the winter meetings happening next week and i will be there and i know you will also be there what do we what do we expect are we we think there's going to be some chaos i think there's going to be some some fun stuff i know the winter meetings a number of years ago had a reputation is like like there's gonna be some stuff that goes down here less so in recent years the diamondbacks i think uh under mike hazen the diamondbacks have only signed fernando rodney during the winter meetings that's the only transaction the only major transaction that has happened during the meetings actually uh but you never know i think passing in his story had a juan soto deal maybe coming together by the end of the meetings that would certainly be uh, a big deal if that happened what are your expectations for next week
0: yeah, I think we do get a, a Juan Soto trade, especially because you know he's a Scott Boris client, as is Randy Rosarena. So we we talked earlier about you know maybe an extension. That probably isn't going to happen since uh, he he uh, he does work alongside the Boris Corporation. But I think with Boris, you know, he made his uh, big spiel over there at the GM meeting, so when's he going to get a chance to, to talk with more reporters and stand up there you know with his little boris corporation backdrop and his 3 quarter <laughs> zip like you need to you need a Juan Soto trade to, to go down and i think it makes sense for the padres to you know try to get something for him considering that you know, you know he should make about 33 million dollars in arbitration so i think that's uh that's definitely going to happen i think there's going to be a lot of Other trades, and 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 again, once Otani starts moving, immediately we're going to see Cody Bellinger find a home. Um, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who who really could sign, you know, the biggest contract of any free agent starting pitcher other than Otani, Uh, I think there's a good possibility of of that happening. So I think we might, you know, we're we're supposed to see more trades this off season. I think than than any other because of how light the free agent. Class is like after Otani, I mean, you're saying Cody Bellinger is the best guy. I mean, this is a player that the Dodgers, you know, non-tendered uh, around yeah. this time last year because he was making seventeen million dollars. Oh my gosh, that's so much money for a team like the Dodgers, right? So, I, I think that's where it, it it becomes interesting with all these guys that are going to be dangled out there and in, in in trades. Um, you know, Cleveland's got Shane Bieber out there uh, as well as now Emmanuel Clase as uh, a yeah. great twenty-five years old. You know, super affordable. I want to say his average annual yeah. salary is four million dollars. <laughs> so, any team that's looking to save money right there because of his contract of what it is, um, you know, the 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 tax it's it's, it's very friendly because he's only making four million as far as uh, the luxury taxes is concerned. You know, he's out there. there there's going to be other names that go around. So, uh, I, I think we're going to see you know probably more big trades than we do you know, big free agents, or maybe it'll be one for one, right? Because usually you think there's probably a four to one ratio. Uh, I think it might be closer to two to one for every, every two big free agents that find a landing spot. We're going to have a pretty significant trade here at the winter meetings down in Nashville.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. It seems like even though the free agent market is not particularly great this year, I mean, there are still some bigger name free agent starting pitchers who haven't signed Blake Snells out there, Yamamoto, Jordan Montgomery. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if next week is going to be all that crazy, but I do think that December as a whole is going to be pretty crazy. Um, as you said, there's a lot of like bigger name guys rumored in trades right now. Definitely. I feel like more than we're, than we're used to seeing a lot of like pretty darn good players who could be on the move in trades. And, you know, the diamondbacks certainly, uh, we expect to be engaged in, in, you know, a good part of the trade market, especially given some of the prices we've seen for free agent starters. That might be the route that they have to go to meet. Maybe they're starting pitching need. Maybe it's a Rosarena and they get their outfielder there as well. Uh, you know, I, I expect them to be to be pretty active in that regard. I think if nothing else, the winter meetings just gives clarity on, you know, just uh, more information on what kind of conversations are being had um, with the Diamondbacks, I'm especially curious what their degree of willingness is to deal a Drew Jones or a Tommy Troy or even a Jordan Lawler, although I don't really expect that. That's a really big variable for the Diamondbacks in terms of who they can bring back in a trade. This farm system is still decent. It doesn't have the reputation that it had a couple years ago when you know when Corbin Carroll was still in it and Alec Thomas was still in it, um, but it's still a decent farm system, but it's top heavy. And so if you're not willing to part with a few of those guys at the top, it's going to be hard to get a Dylan Cease or a Corbin Burns um, or even a Randy Arozarena potentially, unless the D-backs are willing to part with some of those top guys. So, you know, hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on on what the Diamondbacks are, are able to do there. And Patrick, while you're here, I mean, you cover the Rockies on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they're, you know, our, our friends here, here in the NL West. Uh, the one team that Diamondbacks fans I don't think particularly uh, hate at at this point. What what do you expect from from the Rockies as they look to to kind of get things moving in the right direction?
0: I think the Rockies will do more than they did uh, last year where, you know, they acquired a triple A starting pitcher for depth in Jeff Criswell and he never even debuted, so uh, they basically just just offloaded a, a relief pitcher in Chad Smith that they didn't see much of a future in. So I, I, I think they'll, they're going to have to do you know a lot more than they did all last offseason. I mean, while they did acquire Nolan Jones in November, he wasn't the Nolan Jones that he ended up becoming in twenty twenty three. He was. Yeah. A prospect that needed to prove himself. So it was okay. Maybe this guy is something, but otherwise they did nothing almost all of last off season until you got to March. Everyone started getting hurt, and they said, uh, "Let's get Mike Mustakis uh, on a on a veteran uh, deal and Brad Hand and Jerickson and Profar." Uh, I think they'll do you know a lot more than that, especially if they want to try to avoid losing a hundred games again this year, which I think is very much a possibility, considering that you know, all the issues that they have with the starting pitching, they're going to have again. Sure, Marquez might be back before the All-Star break, Senzatella at some point after, but those are guys coming back from Tommy John surgery. How much can you really rely on them and, and count on them to be themselves? They really won't be Marquez and Senzatella until 2025. So hmm. you do need to bolster that starting rotation a little bit more than you have already. They did acquire Cal Quantrill. That was a nice pickup. Uh, I think he will be a little bit better than just an innings eater, but they still need at least one more. Starting pitcher uh, for the rotation. They've got, you know, they've got a lot of prospects in the outfield too um, right now, and so that's something that they could trade from. It seems strange to to trade a prospect outfielder when you just lost a hundred games. But <laughs> if you look at what their roster is like right now, they just don't have room to really develop all those guys. So you take sure. some of that depth. Right. And uh, and maybe you can go out and acquire someone. El Montero kind of doesn't have a spot right now on the roster. So I, I think we're going to see a little bit more significant of a trade than we did uh, at the winter meetings last year.
1: Well, I'm excited for it um, last year. I mean, I, I know I said that you don't necessarily get a, a ton of action. The D-backs didn't do anything at the meetings last year. There were some pretty big rumors that came out. Uh, Sean Murphy was rumored as a trade target for the D-backs at the time. Uh, we also saw Xander Bogarts rumored as a potential free agent target for the D-backs during the winter meeting, so um, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to, to being out there, and uh, I didn't get nearly enough Patrick Lyons in my life uh, in the month of October, so we're gonna we're gonna make up for that here in uh, in, in December with uh, with the winter meetings next week. Um, and think, and yeah. yeah, are we
0: scheduled to go boot shopping, or are we getting like <laughs> ten gallon hats? Like, which which one did we want to do while we're down in?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna eat some barbecue, Patrick. That's that's what I know. I'm gonna eat some barbecue. I'm I'm staying a little bit after the meetings too. I'm gonna try to find like some local Nashville music, something authentic, see what see what we're able to pull off um but yeah it should be it should be fun i mean it's just it's a really cool event to be a part of with the entire baseball world just descending upon one hotel i have heard that this particular hotel is uh especially difficult to navigate and people uh uh, like front office people can like hide in all of these various corners and what and whatnot so uh, it'll be interesting dealing with all that but uh our friends over at chgo will have a set on site uh, at the winter meetings, which is, which is really cool. I believe I will be joining our show from that set. Uh, so for those of you who are part of our winter meetings coverage last year, you know that I joined on very poor Wi-Fi, and, and you could barely tell who I was. Um, so hopefully, uh, the quality should be, should be better this time around uh, stay tuned for information on our show next week. Things might be a little bit different. Just so you all know in advance, we might not be live at 1 p.m. every day. Uh, it's going to kind of depend on what Mike Hazen and Tori Lovello's availability looks like on our end um, and just making sure that we're able to go live right after um, right after those events take place and give you the latest from the winter meeting. So uh, excited for that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, Patrick. Maybe it's crazy. Maybe nothing really happens and we're all disappointed.
0: <laughs> no, I yeah, no, I, I hope not. That's that's a major uh, undersell right there. Uh, you're you're lucky because Toy Lovello gets things started off. He'll be one of the first managers to talk Monday at two o'clock Central Time okay one so o'clock here so yes you will definitely not be a part of a one
1: o'clock show uh, that's a great Monday. point that's a great point uh pat we're actually patrick is uh scheduling all of our shows next week he's taking on the task of um uh, arranging all that for us um you basically a phnx employee at this point we've already we've already established that so it's just just par for the course um anyway uh i'm certainly expecting it to be sunny uh next week patrick which is a little surprising but checking the weather there's going to be a lot of sun so I will certainly be bringing my Shady Rays with me uh, over to Nashville. Uh, Shady Rays, gear built to last. They are durable. And as Derek has talked about a lot on the show, they have uh, a pretty crazy policy where if you break them or lose them, they will send you another pair completely for free. uh, Really a great deal. And they are genuinely the best sunglasses that I have ever had. Uh, I grew up basically never wearing sunglasses and just... Uh, letting the Phoenix sun just like destroy my eyes. And I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to let the Nashville sun do that to me either. Uh, Shady Rays is currently in their biggest sale of the year for Black Friday. Don't miss out on the best deals for shades, snow goggles, and prescription sunglasses. Go to shadyrays.com and try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, also, want to give a shout out to our friends over at OG's, of course. This is Flavoring Fridays presented by OG's. It's really nothing better. Patrick Derek has talked about this at length on this show. It's nothing better than sitting on the couch watching your team uh, with a bag of OG's gummies in your hand. It is the true, the true excellent uh, uh, sports fan experience. Can't go wrong there uh, with a variety of bold flavors. OG's gummies are a slam dunk for your taste buds. Plus, you can customize your experience based on desired effect and strength. To learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to og'sbrands.com well Patrick great. feels even better OGs. there you go there you go well said well said uh well Patrick this has been fun uh, making your having you make your triumphant return to the show we've missed you around here. Um, we still have not we still have not fully come to terms with the fact that you that you left us. Uh, we're 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 getting over it. Um but uh this is a lot of fun. Uh appreciate everyone being here and, and joining us uh here on this Friday edition of the PHNX D Back Show. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse N Friedman. You can follow Patrick at Patrick D. Lyons. Damon, our producer, is on Twitter at Damon Dog. We are Damon's Dogs. Woof, bark, woof. bark, woof, woof. Yes. With I just need Damon's to say dogs. real quick that uh, I miss Patrick, but don't tell him that, Jesse. Okay. All right. I'll make sure. I'll make sure. He like, keep that a that. secret. Yeah, I'll try to keep that a secret as as best I can. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we can do. still stole uh, my
0: heart. I miss you, too,
1: Damon. <laughs> uh, and of course, also be sure to follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore dbacks. I guess I should say X. Follow us on X at phnx underscore dbacks. um And uh, of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports. That's on Twitter or X, uh, Instagram, and Facebook as well. Thank you all again so much for being here. Uh, and remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when Randy Rosarena is on your team.